Nothing is for free, not even science. This is a painful truth for the scientists exploring earlier research. The reality is many scientific articles are behind paywalls. That's the premise that Sci-Hub, a widely used pirate website, operates from. This year, Sci-Hub has been around for a decade, and during those years it has served as a nest for academic papers. I first heard about Sci-Hub last fall. I had one of my nerdy moments when I complained I couldn't find a research article using the material that's available for me as a student. Don't get me wrong, I have access to an abundance of science thanks to the license agreements between my university and science publishers. But from time to time I hit a wall, and that is a paywall where this particular, not even that obscure, paper is not available for me. An estimate is that three quarters of scientific papers are behind a paywall. I fussed about this to one of my friends at the university, and he told me about Sci-Hub, a portal with millions of articles. Yes, really. Alexandra Elbakian is the person behind the website. She's a controversial figure, applauded for her initiative that helps researchers all over the world. To governments, she's a notorious pirate. I'm fascinated by her braveness and attitude. Not everyone can or would put it on their resume to be a suspected Russian spy by the US. In this special episode, we have an opportunity to hear what she has to say about all of this. This is Keywords. Welcome. When landing on the front page of Sci-Hub, you are met by an illustration of a crow. It's holding onto a key. It's the key to knowledge and wisdom, Alexandra Elbakian tells me. It is fitting to use a crow as the symbol. Studies show it is an extraordinary intelligent creature. That's Elbakian, who is telling me about how she just got back from the data center where she installed a new hard disk for her website Sci-Hub. Born in Kazakhstan, she currently resides in Russia and is enrolled at university as a doctoral student in philosophy. I met her for a video call on Zoom with her in Moscow and me in Helsinki. Wikipedia has called Sci-Hub a search engine but this is not a characterization that Elbakian supports. She wants to describe it as an international library of scientific literature. This definition is not without grounds. Sci-Hub has impressive statistics to show. The amount of articles available there is vast, 
and so is the amount of users downloading them. Today, SciHub estimates the amount of available articles to be over 85 million. And a study from 2018 that looked into how SciHub works found that 85% of paywalled articles could be downloaded on the portal. But let's rewind 10 years back in time to 2011. At that point, at the age of 22, El Bakuyan had a bachelor's degree in information security. During her studies, she had stumbled upon research papers and wanted to access them online, in vain. These articles were too expensive for her. She soon found out that other students and researchers were having the same dilemma, and that's what gave her the idea of developing a program that would scrape the internet for scientific papers and make them available. Within a few days, El Bakian had written a code and uploaded it then on a free hosting site on the internet. The rest is history. How this small, cute program, as she calls it, that would help researchers access science, became a global phenomenon, was not what she expected. I wanted to find out how SciHub actually gets the articles. Elbakian tells me there are several methods. First, one way or another, SciHub has gotten hold of institutional credentials to paywalled sites. Second, monetary donations have made it possible to buy access to sites. She tells me she has never had the intention of being incognito. She is completely honest about SciHub being her child, as she puts it. She incepted SciHub all by herself, and to this day she works without a team. This has made her an easy target for her enemies. Sci-Hub is praised by many, but even her supporters acknowledge the use of some illegal methods to bypass paywalls and publish the articles for free. In the US, for instance, the site was blocked due to claims from scientific journals that run a business of offering subscriptions and fees for articles you want to read. Elbakian shrugs off the obstacles she has been facing, telling me that she can't remember anything specifically hard among the legal battles during the years. But for instance, Elsevier is the name of one dominating publisher in academia. It sued Sci-Hub and some other pirate sites in the US and won the lawsuit. In 2017, Elbakian and other smaller sites were ruled to pay $15 million in damages to Elsevier. 
An article in Nature magazine noted that since Sci-Hub operates from outside the US, Elsevier is very likely not to see any compensation paid, something that Elbakian also has confirmed. And about the suspicions of being a spy I mentioned. In April this year, Elbakian tweeted that Apple emailed her an FYI message telling her that already in 2019, the company had provided her private information to the FBI. Elbakian tells me the site is blocked in many European countries like Italy, France, Austria and the UK. Still, citizens are bypassing these blocks to gain access to the site. Again, Elbakian is very open about what she is doing and why. On the site she states that it's a pirate resource, but in this case the means justify the ends. In her own words, she is taking from the rich and giving something to the people. I ask Elbakian if she has seen any changes in the journal's views of opening up their research papers. She's very frank about it. She basically doesn't care what the journals think. All that matters is to focus on delivering articles to the people through Sci-Hub. The same goes for my questions about other initiatives around open access. For example, during the pandemic, a group of online archivists gathered 5,000 articles about coronavirus research using Sci-Hub. Elbakian gives them her full support, but she keeps herself at a distance. She tells me that governments have had initiatives around open science since the 1990s already. The most recent is called Plan S, which is an open access initiative in Europe, founded a few years ago. Elbakian thinks Sci-Hub is superior compared to these new initiatives. Why do we need new ones when we already have Sci-Hub, which is full of functioning? I wanted to know what the deeper meaning of Sci-Hub is. Elbakian tells me about the Russian word Akritiye, which means discovery. Russian scientists use this word to describe new findings. That hits the very core of why Sci-Hub exists in the first place. In Elbakian's own words, she doesn't consider herself a bespoke advocate for open science. She puts an emphasis on her role as the technical provider. But with that said, she has a lot of insight into this matter of science being available for everyone. She has studied economics in Moscow and later obtained a master's degree in linguistics from St. Petersburg State University. Simultaneously, when Sahab was running, she studied ancient cultures and religions. 
Elbakian looked into how these societies defined information. Ancient societies had religions with gods responsible for communication. In Egypt, a god named Thoth, Hermes in Greek mythology, Tyr in ancient Armenia. Today, perhaps science is the sacred communication that for whatever it takes should remain open and collective. Elbakian tells me how earlier developments in societies have shown the power of open science. It serves scientists and this way pushes forward scientific knowledge more rapidly. Elbakian states that communism is her political foundation. She makes a point in how communism and science are inseparable. Science is cumulative, meaning that new research builds upon earlier research. Science has a collective character. That is why she views science as synonymous with communism. Of course, I wanted to ask Elbakian what she thinks is next for Sci-Hub. The plan is both straightforward and tremendously complex at the same time. Her dream is for Sci-Hub to be legal and publish any scientific article that's written in the world. A long-term vision is something that's similar to Neuralink by Elon Musk, that is, the transfer of neural information between humans and computers. In that evolution of mankind, Sci-Hub is just the first step. You have been listening to Keywords, a podcast about research that's out there but doesn't get enough of attention. Thank you and good luck to Alexandra Elbakian. Count me in as a supporter of Open Science. And spasiba to my Russian translator Svetlana. If you listened this far, you might be interested in the other episodes. Check them out next to this episode on your podcast service. If you have a fascinating study to tell the world about, reach out to me on Twitter or send me an email. Thanks for listening.